You hit me with a door outside the lecture hall Ooh, Weak in the knees, I really couldn't help but fall From the first, you caught me in your curse I resisted, but as a lie, it was too late You had me caught in your throat You kissed me once, and I told you that I want this So, you kissed me twice, and I promptly fell unconscious Though I had passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me Why do you want me? She's beautiful, was the last thing I thought before You smashed me in the face with that swinging glass door As it cracks, I can't help but relax I can feel my heart waxing so poetic as I'm tumbling to the floor I came around, gently woken from my sleeping Oh, you come around to my side and you were weeping Though I had passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me, why do you haunt me? Raven hair is stuck behind your ears and curls out right on cue It isn't fair that these black spots appear to clutter up my view I feel your hands upon my neck The soft caressing as you check my pulse and put pressure on my wounds My heart is pounding just stabbing you by my side oh, Funny how love is born when two strangers collide But alas, now I'm missing my class as you're pulling the glass out of my chest, I feel a tingling deep inside What can I do, faced with such a tough decision? Oh, there's two of you, or is that just double vision? Though I had passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me, why do you haunt me? I said, though I was passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me, why do you want me? I said, though I'm not passed on, I will not be passed on I love you, Ursula, I want you, don't make me haunt you Hey everybody, my name is Jordan D. White, and welcome to another episode of Cast and Wax. Uh, this is a, an exciting episode. Why? Because I'm excited by every episode. Uh, other than that, there's nothing that exciting going on. So you're probably thinking, oh, he said it was an exciting episode. Is there a special guest? No, there's not a special guest. There is me. There is my catscape. Hello, Dad. How are you today? I'm good, but I'm in the middle of something. There's me, my catscape, and there's also Rory Sinjin over Skype. Hello, yes, I'm here. And that is all we have. Uh, we do not have any other guests today. But it's still a special episode because I am happy about it, because I am enjoying doing it, and because we have things to share with you. We, we got a bunch of listener mail, we got a bunch of great serials, we got uh, a, a special song that we will hear in just a few moments. We have so much stuff to share with you today, it's going to be a blast. Now, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know you can write into us at castinwax at gmail.com, and you can write us an email that you just type up, you know, like that, like a regular old email, or you can send us an audio file. Uh, we, we, we sometimes get both. Today, we do have both as well. Uh, we only have one uh, audio letter, but we do have a bunch of text letters, textural letters. Um, I mean, they're going to be audio letters for you because I'm going to read them. But for everybody else, you know, they're, they're, sometimes they're audio, sometimes they're not. I actually figured out that, duh, I'm an idiot. I can just email the letters I want Rory to read out loud to Rory. So Rory can, can read the letters as well. Yes, it took you a little while to figure that out. I'm sort of surprised. Well, okay, but I, I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about, you know, usually people are here and I have someone here do it. I can just forward the emails to Rory. Rory can read them to me. So we're going to share that burden today. First, we do have something, like I said, very special. Something very special that I did with our good friend, uh, Mr. Scape White. Scape, how are things going with you? Not too bad. I, I had a lot of fun doing this thing that you're about to do. Good, good. I'm glad you did. Um, what you may or may not recall is that 101 episodes ago, uh, in episode 18 of Cast and Wax, uh, Scape was singing a bunch of songs. Scape improvised a few songs. Uh, the first one he improvised sucked. No, Dad, that's not true. Yes, it is true. In fact, look, I'll tell you how much it sucks. Can you re-sing it right now? Can you sing it right now? <sighs> well... 
I don't remember exactly how it goes. No, just give it a shot. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It was about the, the episode of Like Mother that we had just watched. Right, right. It was like, uh, no, I can't do it. Right, and I'll tell you why. Because it sucked. It was weird and it didn't have a, a good melody and it was very unmemorable. And then he did a second one, which was about me being a dumbass. And that one also sucked for its own reasons. I remember how that one goes. Oh, that is a dumbass. Why yes, 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 yes. Okay, 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 okay. That one, yes, that one sucks. We're not, so I didn't like that one. But then the the third one he did was pretty awesome. And then the fourth one he did was about uh, how he uh, is fierce and going to kill you. Yeah, that one was awesome too. That one was okay. The thing, I, I know that one has its fans, but the thing about that one is uh, it's real short and it's not very melodic. It was like, I'm fierce, I'm fierce, I'm gonna kill you and need you kill and kill and kill, 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 kill. Yes, that's how it went. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah, but like what kind of music can you put? The point that what I'm getting at here is that then he did a third, the third one he did was awesome. And we, uh, we have taken his improvised song and we have recorded it as a fully functional song. It's very short, but it was also the longest of those three. Uh, so... I think I think you will find it is quite fun. It is really fun. I, I love to make up songs, just like on the spot. Right, right, right. So, so the the, the fierce one, I, I was like, I don't know, like it's good, but how do I make it into a real song? Like, if it, tell you what, like I said, I know that that song has its fans out there. If anybody out there is a fan of the "I'm fierce, I'm fierce, I'm gonna kill you and eat you, kill and kill and kill and kill and kill, and kill" song, which I guess is really just called "I'm fierce." Um, although you might as well just call it I'm fierce, I'm fierce, I'm gonna kill you and eat you, kill, kill, and kill, and kill, 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 because that's all the lyrics and they could just be the name of the song. But I guess we'll just call it I'm fierce. Anyway, the point is Yeah, yeah just get to the point, please. Right, 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 right. What well, the point is is if you are a fan of that song, I would love to hear your proposal for making it a whole song. In fact, less so a proposal. I'd love for you to just record that and and add music to it because it, it is cool, but I don't I don't know what to do with it. But the uh like I said, the third song he did was uh also based on the show Like Mother, uh, but it was awesome. And what we have done is me and Skate brainstormed last week after uh, after the show, and we uh, just kind of quickly came up with a song. Uh, we, we, we fully fleshed out that Like Mother track that he did. Uh, hopefully you will remember it. If you don't, you can go back and listen. It's it's somewhere in episode 18. I don't know exactly where. Should we just play it, Skate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Okay, okay. Here it is. Uh, Scapey's song... Like mother. Like mother. Like mother. She's killing people. It's very scary, scary. And very bloody, bloody. I sure don't like mother too much. Ha, ha, ha. And that was pretty badass. That was pretty badass. I really am happy with the way that turned out. And it really captured the flavor of what I was going for with the original. So, so well done, Dad. Very good job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I was pretty proud of it. So basically, Scape wrote that song. I produced it. Uh, I kind of, I was the brains behind fleshing it, it out. It's true. It's true. I, I just kind of tossed it off like a quickie little song. And Dad really made it into something great. Thank you very much. That's really kind of you to say. So... Uh, hopefully everybody dug that. Uh, I, I don't know. It's probably, I'm not sure if the, the song is up there on the internet right now to be downloaded or if you're just going to slice it out of this podcast. I'll probably, you know, I'll try to put it up there. I'll try to put it up somewhere, uh, somewhere if you check my Twitter. Oh, you know, I don't mention my Twitter enough. My Twitter is, uh, Crackshot, uh, with a zero for an O. So C-R-A-C-K-S-H-0-T is my Twitter. Uh, Scape has a Twitter. I believe yours is just Scape White. Yeah, 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 yeah. You haven't Twittered in a long time. Well, that's true. That's true. Maybe I should Twitter now. 
I'm gonna tweet her right now. Uh, Lobot, let's have it say... It's been a long time since I've tweeted, Dad just said. Oh, I mean, okay, that doesn't seem like enough of a of a tweet. I mean, like, there's you didn't put anything substantial there. But I just, I'm just saying that it's been a long time. Maybe somebody will respond to it. I, well, it seems unlikely. That's a real boring tweet. Usually people respond to things that are interesting. Like, if you said... It's been a long time since I Twittered, Dad just said, so therefore, and then you said something thoughtful and interesting, then it would be more likely that people would reply to it. But if you're just going to say it's been a long time since I Twittered, people are just going to go, in their heads, I acknowledge that that's true and I do not care, so I'm moving on. Dad, they care. They care that they want me to Twitter. Don't you know that? I didn't particularly care. That's because you're not on Twitter. So y- people who are not on Twitter don't understand Twitter. Look, okay, moving aside, why why did I bring up my Twitter? I don't know. I really am not sure. All right, fine. Look, the point is, we did that song. I am really proud of it. I am really really happy with the way it turned out. It's only like a, what, 30 seconds long? Maybe a little bit less than that. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully you dig it too. Oh, no, so I, that's right. I was saying I'm going to post it up online. If you check out my Twitter, I'll probably link to it. Or if you check out the Facebook group, Cast and Wax, uh, at facebook.com slash Cast and Wax, I'll probably put a link to it. So that'll be fun. And then you can all download it and enjoy it. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, Jordan, I, I, uh, I've been looking at these emails that you uh, have sent to me to read. Uh, and one of them kind of uh, brought to mind a question about this since you guys recorded this song. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Well, um, how is uh, Scape's thesis going? I, I know it's it's been so important to you that Scape does his thesis and that you work on uh, Science Girl Cinnamon. So I was wondering, you recorded this song with Scape, so I'm assuming you did that because you've you've gotten a good substantial amount of work done on the thesis and on Science Girl Cinnamon. Well, no, I mean, you know, no, it, we just, this was a fun little thing to do, and we just wanted to do it, so... Oh, so... Okay, so the thesis, am I to understand then that the thesis is not done? Well, no, of course it's not done. I mean, escape, right, it's not done. No, Dad, come on. Right, I, I know. But you did do work on it. You guys worked on it. You, you both collaborated and, well, not collaborated because it escapes thesis, but he does need your help, as I'm aware. So you worked on it this week. In, while, you know, not while you were recording that, but, you know, before, perhaps after, but preferably before you, you started a new project. Well, no, Rory, no, I'm... This was just a fun little diversion. Okay, fine, fine. What I'm, I, I understand that it's a di- diversion. But then after that, after you did that, in the rest of the week, you did find time to work on the thesis. <sighs> well, come on. Why are you... So is this what, if, what you feel like when I give you a hard time about this thesis? Yeah, Dad. This is what I feel like when you give me a hard time. <sighs> well, because it, it sucks. I know. I know. It really sucks. Rory, you should stop being a poop to us. How about that? Well, I'm not being a poop, but like I said, I know you have deadlines to meet. Well, let's, we should talk about this. We have an email from Scape School regarding his, his thesis, and it says, I'll read it to you right now. Dear Scape, per our conversation, here is my proposal for your assignments this semester. You will have two major assignments due, with your final thesis due during finals week. You can choose one of the following assignment structures, the first of which is a traditional thesis syllabus, the second of which is my own creative spin on it. Either will be fine by me, but you must let me know by October 1st. We will continue to meet virtually on Wednesday afternoons for the duration of the semester, with December 7th as the last day of class, so that I may check your progress and assist you on the development of your thesis. See you next week, Dr. Rock. And then she she illustrates uh, two possible outlines. Uh, Option A being assignment one due October 17th, the first movement of your thesis broadcast on the podcast. Assignment two due November 14th, the second movement of the thesis broadcast on the podcast. And the final project, December 12th, the entire thesis broadcast on the podcast. Uh, And then you have option B, which is assignment one, same due date, 
brief research essay on the background of the subject matter. Topics can include author, inspiration for the book, trivia regarding writing the book, other works that involve the characters, setting, or mythos, and anything else that you may choose. This must be broadcast on your podcast in total a minimum of five minutes in length. Uh, second assignment, same related as the first option, uh, radio-style preview of your thesis project. You would act as the reporter discussing yourself in the third person as an artist. Your project to date, the new project you are releasing, some trivia about how it was developed, and you must include some teaser clips of the recording which you discuss. This would be pre-recorded and aired on the podcast and would total five to ten minutes in length. And then the final project, uh, due the same date, December 12th, entire thesis aired on the podcast. So, Scape, those are apparently the two possible options. Uh, either you break up the thesis into three sections and play it over three dates, or you have, you know, these weird other assignments that you do and then broadcast the thesis at once. Well, I've, I mean, I guess I would write the second one because that way I get to talk about how great I am. No, 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 no. Scape, 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 scape. You don't want to do that. Why not? Because I understand that these two other options sound really interesting, but you don't want to do that because the because you won't do your thesis. You just had two semesters where all you did was sit around and think about your thesis and you didn't do your thesis. If you pick option B, you're going to do the same thing again. You're just going to, you're going to do your stupid research essay, but you're not going to get any of your thesis done. And then you're going to do this little radio show preview and, and, and you're going to have preview clips, but the preview clips are going to be you going like, Cthulhu's a dumbass, whatever he says no, all the but time. that's about you. That song is about you. I, I understand. But my point is you're just going to, you're going to make something up on the spot and you're still not going to have your thesis done. And then you're gonna have to do all the work at the end of the semester don't do that pick option one and then we'll work on the first movement of your thesis and we'll get that done in october second movement for november third movement for december that is the most sensical thing because in option b you still have to do all three movements it's just they're not spaced out nicely pick option one there's less work it's less work it's more likely that you'll get it done Please, trust me on this one. Well, I I would, but I did hear a song recently that said you were a dumbass, and no matter what you said, every time. No, that is a song you made up, and you were wrong. So, n- just listen to me. Tr- trust me. Pick option A, please. Please. You know what? You're going to make me help you on this. I'm telling you. It's less work for both of us if you just pick option A. <sighs> fine, 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 fine. Okay, Dr. Rock, I'm going to do A, option A. For Apple, for A. Good. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, A for Apple. I don't know why apples have to do with it, but... So, Dr. Rock, uh, thank you for that. So now we have a little bit less than a month to finish the first movement of your thesis. Now, I know you've written a bunch of lyrics. We have no music whatsoever. No, no music. Just music, just words. So we better get on that. And as for Science Girl Cinnamon, I, I don't have proper deadlines on that. I mean, I just... Like, I seriously, I love it. It's a project I love, and I just never have time to work on it, and I want to. And I feel like I'm letting everyone down who was a part of it. But I don't, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm a little scared, too, because I'm a scared, I'm a little scared to fail. You know, I'm scared that it's going to be crappy. But I, I just got to get it done. I just got to work on it. Well, that's why I'm saying, why are you two wasting your time on a little Like Mother song, which is, you know, trivial and unimportant. Oh, Like Mother, do 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 you know, it's, why are you recording it that? It didn't take that long to record. It was a quick thing. You know, I just, we literally just sat down and I, I picked up the ukulele and I was just like, like mother, like mother, she's killing people, it's very scary, scary. And very bloody, bloody I sure don't like mother too much Ha, ha, ha 
and then it was it. Yeah, but I, but I signed it, so it was better. All right, all right. Well, anyway, the point is, it was a real. It that like that was about how long it took. No, that's not how long it took because I know you had to write the bass part and the drum part. I, look, yes, all of those things are true, but they didn't take that much longer than that. It probably took me a half hour tops to do that song. It was it was and it was fun. Come on, are you like are you against us having fun now? No, I'm not against you having fun. I'm trying to help you get done the things you want to get done. If instead of having that fun, you had worked on Science Girl Cinnamon, how much more happy would you be right now? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I would be happy, but because I got more Science Girl Cinnamon done, but I like Science... I mean, by that logic, how much more happy would I be if I worked on it now instead of doing the podcast? Well, no, because I'm on the podcast, so you'd be letting me down and you'd be letting Scape down if you didn't do the podcast. I know. I know. (sighs) Fine. Look, it doesn't matter. The point is we have other letters to talk to. We have other things to talk about. We're going to keep moving on with the podcast. Uh, We do have a section that we've been doing at the beginning of every episode uh, we do have to get to it. Let's let's play the little theme song for it right here. That's right. Welcome to Apple Watch. Uh, my name is Jordan D. White, and I am currently the host of Apple Watch with my co-host, Scape White. Hello, everybody. And uh, Mr. Roy Sinji. We just introduced ourselves on the podcast. Why are we doing it again? I'm treating it like it's its own segment. All right. Look, don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We have a bunch of things to talk about on this episode of Apple Watch. First of all, here's a letter that we got. It's a little on the ridiculous side. Okay, dear Mr. White, it has come to my attention that you have been using episodes of your podcast to distribute episodes of the series Slam Jackson Adventurist, Lessons from the Life of Nathan Vedenton, The Diner, Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy, and Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again. My client has informed me that these programs bear an unusual similarity to original segments he has created for Frank Allen's investigative variety show, The Eatery, Androids Fighting Werewolves Continuously, Buster Kingston, Deadpan Detective, Educating Larry the Loser, and Dave Palmiter, Clubhouse of Supervillainy. You apparently also ran the program that was very derivative of Frank Allen's investigative variety show Christmas Extravaganza. Can you furnish proof that these are not blatant ripoffs? Also, you played an episode of Curious About Serial Killers completely without permission. Come on. I am definitely a lawyer. Barrett Millay, Esquire, lawyer. All right, here's the deal. This is nonsense and untrue. Uh, I mean, well, okay. That's, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's true that we did play these things. Yes, I was going to say, you can't say it's untrue. Well, it's, it's, it's true that we played the episodes of the series that we played, and that we played Curious About Serial Killers. Now, regarding the episodes of the shows that sound like The Eatery and Androids Fighting Werewolves Continuously, look, those shows, first of all, those shows were not made up by me. They were made up by Cherumbolo Productions uh, up in Binghamton. A bunch of great guys, Charles Berman, Dan Schwartz. Pete Bowers, I'm not sure if there's anybody else. Involved. Angela Timon, I think, or I should say Angela Schwartz. That's right, she's married now. I think that's the primary, I think it's really mostly, I, look, it doesn't matter. The point is they, they can write in and tell us exactly who's, who's, who's part of Trumbolo. But the point is they made up those shows. I didn't make up those shows. I play them with their permission. Now, I don't believe for one second that Slam Jackson, Adventurist, and all these things are ripoffs of shows from, from Frank Allen. In fact, let me look at my 
history. Did it say anything about about my songs? Did he rip off my songs? No, no. Hold, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, okay. I'm looking at the podcast on the computer. Uh, let's see. We started playing Slam Jackson Adventurist on episode 91 of the podcast, which was just about a year ago, actually. Nine, uh, it was September 20th. 2010. And uh, Frank Allen was still on the show back then. Uh, Frank Allen was still on the show back then. In fact, let's see, I'm trying to figure out when he left our show. So the point is, Sam Jackson, Robot Zombie Hunters, Donnie Palumbo, these were all things that were on the show. And it looks like it looks like Frank didn't leave until November, the end of November of that year. So he heard all of these shows. Well, with the possible exception of Donnie Palumbo, he might have left before we heard the first episode of that. And I don't remember if The Diner had premiered by then. But the, look, the point is, he heard a number of those shows. No, no, we had. We had played The Diner by then. Look, the point is, he heard all these shows when he was on the show, on our uh, podcast. So the idea that he's saying we stole them from a show that he made that didn't exist when we started airing these shows is pretty preposterous, if you ask me. Uh, and I think even a lawyer uh, who is definitely a lawyer should know that that's pretty definitive proof. In the same way that all the other things that he heard on our podcast when he was on our podcast, like the debate shows that he's ripping off, that I created and let him host, and like the Where Are They Now in History that Rory does every episode that he created and that Frank used to argue was completely made up. Which is not completely made up. The point is that we're going to... Mr. Millay, you are wrong, sir. We have proof. And all of this... I, I... I'm, I want to say, Mr. Millay, I look forward to seeing you in court because you're I, not the suit that you're bringing against me, because obviously we have tons of proof to disprove that it's never even going to get to trial. But I have mentioned on the podcast that I am suing Frank Allen, and it is true because I have proof. This is a this is basically a frivolous countersuit that he's throwing at me. I have proof that he has ripped off my ideas, Rory's ideas, Chirumbolo's ideas uh, in humongous ways for Frank Allen's investigativa variety show. I know there are people who are listening to this who are fans of the investigative variety show. I'm sorry. You're sorry that they're fans of it? Well, I am a little bit sorry that they're fans of it. I'm I meant I'm sorry that I'm going to destroy it because he is frankly no pun intended. A giant... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I don't say bad things about Frank Allen in this part, do we? Because we have a cease and desist. Yes, I was going to try to warn you, but I, I thought it would be fun to hear you say something terrible first. Well, thank, thank you. Um, yes, we don't say bad things about Frank Allen, but I'm bringing a, a, a pretty substantial lawsuit against him. So I think you will see that um, it's going to be pretty exciting. <sighs> I've contacted his lawyer. I've got my own lawyer, Mr. Roma, um, and we are going to we're going to settle this once and for all. Uh, it's going to be pretty impressive, and yeah, no, that's about that. Uh, hopefully, it's going to come up soon. I'll keep you posted as it happens. Uh, we do have a couple other letters, I think, that are relevant to this section of the show. Let's see what we got. Yes, here we go. Uh, this is a letter from uh, a, a guy whose name is apparently Avram O'Keefe. Uh, here we go. Or Avram, I don't know the way to pronounce it. The point is, hey, Jordan. I started listening to your podcast because I heard you were featuring Asshole Watch. I'm enjoying the show and everything, but Asshole Watch has me kind of confused. Where is the gay porn? I was expecting some assholes I could watch, if you know what I mean. Sincerely, uh, Avram O'Keefe. Uh, Avram, uh, yes, you have us confused with a different show. Uh, let me see if I've got the information for that. Yes, uh, you're you're talking you're talking what you're looking for is a segment produced by Gay Porn Co. It's a different thing. I, I again, I thought it was clear. That this is not a gay porn podcast, but uh, I guess that's not entirely clear. I, I'm glad you like it. See, that's the thing. You should really keep listening to the show. I'm not going to ever have any gay porn on it. Ah, uh, 
Probably. I mean, you, I'd never say never, because the fact is, we had Decker and Hayes, which is not porn, but it had lesbians in it, and I guess that's not what you're looking for anyway. But we, we've teased the idea of, what was the name of the two gay detectives? Was it Draper and Hart, or was it the other one? I don't know. The point is, I'm never going to rule out that we're going to have gay porn on the podcast. We might. Uh, depend, I mean, it also, you know, the people who produce the serials for us is not me, a lot of them, so they might just put out a gay porn serial. And if they put out a gay porn serial, there's not a lot I can do other than play it. The point is, um, I'm glad you like the podcast. You're probably not going to find gay porn on it much, if at all. And I am sorry for that. But you, you're looking for the Gay Porn Co. one, which is a home video uh, production. And if you search for it, I'm sure. Let me, let me, let me, let me check. Okay, I just, uh, I just, <laughs> I just Googled uh, Toll Watch, and I am finding uh, a number of links. The first one is a, a blog that finds the kind of assholes we're talking about, I think. Douchebags, you know, that kind. Uh, what else we got here? Yeah, and this one is about, about douchebags as well. You know, again, metaphoric douchebags, not real one. You know, it's funny, I'm not... Is Safe Search on? No, Safe Search is not even on. I'm not even finding any uh, uh, actually physically asshole-centric asshole watches just in my quick uh, quick search. But you never know. I'm sure it, it, they're out there somewhere. Perhaps someone will start one, like a Tumblr. You know, they have those, you know, those Tumblr blogs that just show images of things. Somebody well, might that's start... A, that's a good point. Let me, let me look, look it up. I don't even see one. Yeah, I don't even see one. Like, assholes.tumblr.com is, is... I don't even understand what it is about looking at it. It, it. It's not... It's nothing to do with butts, that's for sure. Although there it does have a picture of the Let It Be album changed into saying Let It Beast Man from from Ma from Masters of the Universe. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that is a little humorous, I um, suppose. Anyway, uh, look, uh, so so I'm sorry, Avram, uh, this is not what you're looking for, but hopefully you'll, you'll continue to enjoy the podcast anyway, because we do have a lot of the other kind of assholes, the metaphorical, you know, douchebag type assholes. So, uh, is that the end of the segment? I think it is. And now we do have two more letters we do have to to get to before uh, we play the episodes of the shows because we, something slightly confusing happened. Uh, first, we have a, an audio letter, uh, and I'll open that right now. So, uh, hey, uh, Jordan, uh, Scapey, um, Rory, that's your name. Uh, hi, um, this is this is Pete from uh, down here in Binghamton. Uh, one of the guys doing you know the stuff with Trumbolo Productions and you know working on the radio serials and stuff like that, and um, I guess I, I guess it's me that's sending you the uh, the uh, radio serials this week. Um, I mean, Charles would normally do it, and then he all well, he went and got hurt, and now I don't know. I haven't seen him in weeks. I don't I don't know where he is. Maybe he's at some like rehab place or something. Um, then like Cheryl, she was she was taken over to do it, but I just I I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks as well, and maybe she's up helping Charles get better. I don't know. I haven't heard from him or anything, and and. I mean, I heard that you played our shows. I mean, somebody tells me. I don't really listen much. Um, but uh, I, somebody told me that they heard you play some of our shows, so I guess that you have them. So, um, so I guess I'll send them up to you. Um, they were kind of hard to find. I was going through um, Charles' computer here. And, uh, I mean, he, I did find he had, a, he had a beer in his fridge. So I'll uh, enjoy that while I tell you. Oh! Speaking of what we have, there are shows. This wait a minute. This is this is like the weirdest thing. Um, like when I was looking for Charles last week, and we got over here. Um, there was this guy knocking on his door, and there's just like this lawyer guy, and um, 
<laughs> and I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, I'm Mr. Lawyer Guy, and I'm, I'm Pete. And he says, um, and he says, oh, you're Pete Bowers. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, well, I have the cease and desist order. You must, you and the rest of Trombolo must stop from now on making these radio serials uh, because they belong to somebody else or not copywritten material. And I was like, whoa, no, no, wait a minute. And uh, so... Um, I, I knew where Charles kept his key. So we went inside and Charles has all the paperwork and everything. And we went through the paperwork and there, there it is right there. We had everything all copywritten, everything, all the T's were crossed, the I's were dotted, everything was perfect. And, uh, and he apologized about it and, and, uh, said not to worry about it. And then he left. But I mean, I mean, what, what was that about? What was he trying to do? I mean, this is, we've made dozens Dozens of these shows. I mean, we're getting up to having around 100 shows done here, really getting up there. And it's like, who would be so stupid to not copyright their own shows? I mean, this is just, I mean, it's just, it's common sense, you know? It's just common sense. You know, um, it's like if you have a peanut allergy, you make sure you don't eat peanuts. Uh, we made original content shows and everything. We got them copywritten. It was it's just, it was like, you know, I mean, duh. Uh, duh. I mean, it just, uh, okay. I was just, I couldn't believe it. I walked around saying duh a lot for about two days before I, you know, finally got over it and everything. But it was like going so, but I mean, I'm glad we're like, we're completely covered. We don't have to worry about anything, which is so nice. Um, so the shows, uh, yeah, this is the shows that we uh, uh, gotcha. Um, I'm sending you a slam and I'm sending you a Nathan. Okay. So, uh, enjoy. I hope the show turns out good and stuff. And, um, Bye. Well, okay. First of all, I guess we should have played the staring asshole watch because there it is tying in again with I'm assuming that's Frank Allen's lawyer coming in and trying to and then nonsense. But 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 here's but but here's the thing, Pete. Like you're saying about the I mean, I didn't I mean, my shows, I mean, my shows are like they're ba- like they're like ba- they're like basically copyrighted. I mean, I didn't go to the copyright office and file them for copyright in the copyright office. But I looked it up, and I know for a fact that any time a work is created, it is automatically copyrighted. Even if you don't, you first of all, even if you don't put copyright on it, and and I, I don't think I did, but uh, well, I mean they're audio files, so I didn't say copyright in them. But uh, but if you go to the website where my shows are, it'll say at the bottom like oh, all shows are copyrighted. You know, Jordan D. White, I think. Um, but I don't think you, but you, but but you automatically have a copyright on things, but just by making them, even if you don't put a copyright, you have a copyright. So somebody can't just steal, like, you can't just go, look, I've painted this image. And then somebody can go, Ooh, cool. There's no copyright on that. I'm just going to paint that image too. Like you, although that's a tough one because by repainting it, it's going to be a little different. So I, it's hard to say, uh, look, th- that doesn't matter. The point is by making my shows, I have copyrighted them. Now I own a copyright for them. So I didn't file them. I don't have paperwork I can show you other than like the papers that show that I made them and those therefore are legally binding. I mean, they're not, okay, I think you know what I'm saying. So don't say, I mean, it's not like a duh, like to say does, like, but I'm just saying, I I looked it up. I know that I'm protected. Well, you're protected about most things. No, I'm I'm protected. I'm protected. Nobody can make my shows again. You can't do, you you can't do Draper and Hart and, and get away with it because it's very similar to my show. That's just two detective names. Of course you can do that. Okay, possibly a bad example, but you can't do Adventures of the Bright Batch, the continuous Adventures of the Bright Batch or whatever it was, that is exactly like Epic Echoes. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is you can't steal people's ideas. As soon as they're made, they own them. No, but I'm saying you're not protected against everything. Uh, why do you keep saying that? I am. No, because, I, again, I, I've looked it up as well. And what you're not protected against is, you, you. for example, you can stop someone from stealing your ideas, and you can probably get some money from them if they made money on your idea. But you won't be able to get things like legal fees 
or, you know, things like that, because you didn't take the time to copyright it in the first place formally through the copyright office. Wait, so you're saying, wait, so you're saying if I win a lawsuit that says that I, my ideas were stolen, I have to still pay the lawyer from out of my own money? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. I did not realize that. Yes, it's it, but it's the truth. Hmm. Okay, I will talk to my lawyer about that. That is uh, unfortunate. Yes, if you didn't realize that, that is very unfortunate for you. Hmm. Okay, um, poo. well, anyway, um, hmm. The point is, well, the reason I played that was because we're going to play the serials, and he said he sent us a Slam Jackson, and he sent us a Nathan Van Etten episode, which is which is great. Thank you so much, Pete. And he has not seen Cheryl, and he has not seen Charles either, which is a little unusual. Because we did get that email a while ago saying Charles was kidnapped, but then we stopped hearing from him. So I don't know what the deal is with that. I was Again, I'm assuming he's not kidnapped. I thought he was in the hospital, but I don't know, because now Pete hasn't seen him. Then we got emails saying Cheryl was kidnapped, and uh, we've been getting continual emails from that. Uh, Rory, if you could read the other email that we just got. Yes, of course. Dear Jordan, I was overjoyed to hear about the massive allocation of cash that has been gathered to secure my rescue from this horrible fate in London. Please have the utmost secrecy and discretion in conducting this business transaction to secure the release of me, your dear friend, Cheryl Casey. You must anonymously Western Union the money as soon as possible so that my brave Swazilandish prince can affect the modalities of transference of funds of the many millions of dollars that he will have access to once my release and his access fees and bribes are covered. Are you not glad and rejoicing in the goodness of God and the luck of this transaction and my release. Please remember the anonymous Western Union and send your bank account details for security. Your grateful friend, Cheryl Casey P.S., please enjoy this episode of Slam Jackson we have made for you. Now, Jordan, before you reply to that, I just want to point out some things that you wouldn't have noticed from me saying them. Okay, uh, what kind of things? Well, there was a number of misspellings in this, and I I corrected them when saying them so that you could understand what I was saying. But, you know, there are things like what, for example? Well, you know, they didn't say gathered, they say gather. You know, they they spell release wrong. They didn't have an A in it. They had just two E's in a row. Uh, Things like that. And the most notable being, uh, Cheryl Casey, her name appears in this email three times, once in the, the header once in the first paragraph, and then once when it's signing the letter, and it's spelled differently every time, uh, every time it's wrong. The first one, in the in the header, uh, Cheryl is missing an A. The, the second one, Casey is spelled C-E-S-E-Y, and when she signs the letter, she signs it Cheryl with a C-H instead of with an S-H. So, uh, clearly, I, I would like to say clearly this is false. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Clearly this is false, except she sent us an episode of Slam Jackson. Well... Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, she did send you an episode of Slam Jackson. So yeah. I don't see how it could be false. I, I mean, it's a little weird that we got an episode from Pete and we got an episode from Cheryl and they're different episodes. So that is that is kind of strange. Uh, well, yes, it's very unusual. And like I said, this is probably not from Cheryl. It, it doesn't have the names correct. The name Cheryl Casey. I mean, again, if you're going to get anything wrong in an email, your own name is probably the most embarrassing. But it happens to the best of us, as you just pointed out. It is embarrassing. So I'm sure Cheryl is probably sitting at home blushing very hard that you're pointing out that she misspelled her name three times. Or this is not from her. That's probably more likely, don't you think? I, no, Rory, I don't think that that's true. Um, oh, speaking of which, um, the cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping uh, is not going as, as well as we had hoped at the end of last episode. We had hoped that uh, Officer Dofficer was going to pick up some money for us, uh, and it was going to go to Rory, and, and hopefully it was going to cover the, uh, the the funds to release Cheryl. But uh, sadly, the police got there too early and confiscated all of the money he had stolen, and Officer Dofficer, I think, was, was reprimanded for trying to take it off site. Um, so I'm sorry for that, Officer Dofficer. Um, assuming that you're still an officer, I, I hope it wasn't that 
strict of reprimand. Anyway, uh, so we don't have that much money. R- uh, Rory, how much money do we have? We have $100, $100, um, which is more than we have. We more than doubled what we had last time, but we, we had hoped to, you know, have a, a million times what we had. Or, or rather, a um, hundred thousand times what we had, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why, so it's a bit of a disappointment. We, we've d- more than double what we had, but we didn't a hundred thousand times what we had. So it's a little bit of a, a bummer. So, um, sh- cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping uh, is the 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 uh, the fund we're raising money for to try to save Cheryl. Again, I I think it's. A, I mean, uh, listen, I'm happy to help. You know, handling money is something. I enjoy. Um, but I don't think this is for Cheryl. I think this is for the Birmingham bruisers and that they don't even have Cheryl. Then where is Cheryl? I don't know where Cheryl is, but uh, you know what? It's fine. Let's just listen to the show. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So we have uh, Slam Jackson, Nathan Van Etten. Uh, obviously, we have Where Are They Now in History. Um, and we also have another Slam Jackson. Hopefully, everybody will enjoy them. Here they are now. Slam Jackson. <laughs> Adventurist! By Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. Season 2, Episode 4, The Rising Gorge. How fatefully our story begins with Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist. Pass the escrow. At the sumptuous dinner I have prepared for him. Mm, Hey, this isn't half bad. Do I look like a bad cook? No, but you also don't look like someone who eats well. Which reminds me, I have kind of an awkward question. Ask away, O Inquisitor of Iniquity. Iniquity, yeah. Are you living here? Why, of course! The better to chronicle your exploits in vivid detail! Yes, I need you to pay rent. How incisive the demands of our noble hero! How quickly he cuts to the quick of this quandary, his fingers settling at the precise crux! Don't try to distract me, I'm serious. This is good food, and my whites have never been whiter, but my living expenses have basically doubled. Because of you. Eating and living here. Bangarang! How meticulous our hero's mathematical mind! How exactly he enumerates! How triumphantly he tallies! No matter how loudly you talk, I need cash. But even as he exhorts Lucre from his faithful live-in companion, the doorbell rings! The doorbell rings! That's not a doorbell. Are you sure? Because... Finally, Jesus to Jenny! We're not done here. It is I, Slam Jackson. Pre- oh, prepare to sympathy puke your guts out. Sympathy what? Oh, crap! It is Slam Jackson's most bilious arch-nemesis, Upton Chuck! But why has he come to the door of our handsome Harrier of Herodons? Why does he even now spray masticated Mexican food across the front hall of that most marvelous of mansions, the Casa del Slam Jackson? Oh my god, those floors were just mopped. So what, Slam Jackson? This was it to avenge myself for your... Oh, nefarious intentions. What nefarious intentions? And is that a penny? Don't play dumb with- 
Me, Slam Jackson. Prince Laser told me the whole story. You're gonna go out with my mom. What? what? You? And an older woman? Oh my god. You think that I would... That I would with a... Oh god. Oh god, the smell. <laughs> but dude, I would never, ever date your mom. Even thinking about it. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy, I'm so glad to hear that. I thought you and my mom... Are we done here, then? Yeah, I'm empty. I'll get some paper towels! Listen, don't worry about the rent for now. Just clean this up. I'm I'm taking a shower. You got it, good buddy! How long will it take me to clean this mess up? Will our hero ever eat Escarole again? Should I continue to dress as Prince Laser to spread rumors? Answers multiply like exponents on calculus homework in the next thrilling episode of... Of... Oh, God. The next thrilling episode of Slam Jackson. Adventure. In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Voishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Humrad, and up to Chuck was Pete Bowers. This is WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin, and you're listening to This Day in History. On September 19, 1900, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid robbed the first national bank in Winnemucca, Nevada, marking the first time that the duo worked as a team. Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm telling you, based on pulling this off, they're one day going to make a movie out of us, Butch. And you know, normally it's satisfying to escape from a heist in one of them automobiles that's newfangled and new. Yeah! But you can stop and see the scenery a lot more when you take it the old-fashioned way on one of our newfangled bikes. I thought you was going to say a horse, because that's funnier when you think about it. <laughs> I guess this proves that we should always ride a horse with a helmet on. It's a lot less gay than wearing chaps and spurs. It's the most logical place I've ever worn a helmet. As long as they manage to take it out of the final cut, get Robert Redford to play me, I'll be happy. Had the Sundance Kid listened to Butch Cassidy and they had ridden bicycles with helmets rather than horses with helmets, they never would have died in that horrible way that they died in the film I didn't see. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But I have seen that movie now, and spoilers, they get shot at the end.
My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. An interesting fact that you might not know about the filming of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is that the entire time they were on set, Robert Redford and Paul Newman were getting around by riding on horses, and they were wearing helmets to protect themselves in doing so. It was kind of a particular nod to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid because they knew that they, in real life, wore helmets when they rode their horses. In fact, not only that, but you can actually find pictures of it. If you search for Butch Sundance Horse on Google Image Search, right around the top of page six, somewhere around there, you'll see a picture of two people riding horses, and they have bicycle helmets on. That's actually Robert Redford and Paul Newman. I know, it's strange, one of them looks like a girl. What it was was that Paul Newman was wearing a wig a lot at that time, just for fun. And I know you're probably going to say, well, why does it say it's dated 2008? That's a that's a, that's a misprint. And also, why is it in a woman's blog about horseback riding in South America? It's disinformation. I'm telling you, it is disinformation. Fortunately, I know what it is. I'm telling you what it is. Here's the thing. I don't know too much about horseback riding. I do know that's dangerous and that you should be very careful when you're horseback riding. But I do know a little bit more about bicycle riding and I do know that it's the law that when you're bicycle Riding is supposed to wear a helmet. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Daniel Schwartz. Episode 12, Art Accosts Nathan Van Etten. Without beauty, there would be nothing enjoyable to look at. Throughout history, mankind has sought to capture beauty for enjoying at a point after the present. This process is the birth of art. One person with no taste for births of any kind is Nathan Van Etten. Hey, voice. Why, Nathan, you sound so dejected. Whatever is the matter? Isn't it obvious? Look where I am! You're at the art museum, the best place to view art in public without getting rained on. Precisely! I have been the victim of a ghastly hoax! A hoax? Who hoaxed you? My dad! He gave me tickets to this exhibit opening, but it turns out to be a total bait-and-switch! I take it you were initially excited about going, then? Yes! As any followers of my distinguished life are aware, I am a huge fan of giant Japanese monsters. Foremost among my kaiju harem, however, is the spiky pterosaur Rodan, stalwart ally of Mothra and hated foe of King Ghidorah. Thus, when I saw the exhibit would be dedicated to him, I was literally beside myself with glee and anticipation. Nathan, I find it more likely that you were figuratively beside yourself with glee and anticipation. God, whatever! The point is that there is not a giant monster in sight, except maybe that statue of a guy who looks like he's constipated. Ah, I see. Nathan, this exhibit is dedicated to the ingenious French artist Auguste Rodin, widely considered the first modern sculptor. The sculpture you're referring to is The Thinker, one of his most famous works. Well, I widely consider him crap for ripping off the name of my favorite monster. Where do these foreign people get off copying other cultures' names and traditions? Gah! My anger is as intense like the antibacterial mouthwash Listerine! Of course! You alright, sir? Oh, it's... Reese! My new friend! Have we met? Just now! But let me tell you, Reese, does this museum suck or what? I beg your pardon? Well, look at all the garbage they have lying around. 
Just dried mud and stained canvas as far as the eye can see. Sir, you're aware that I work for the museum as a security guard, yes? Well, of course, Reese. Why do you think I'm complaining to you? Tell your bosses how much this museum sucks. I'll be sure to mention that. Excellent. Make sure you explain how bad an experience any sensible person would have here. There's no art worth anything in here. Sir, art is all around you. These pieces are literally priceless. First of all, I find it more likely that they are figuratively priceless. Secondly, I don't see any art here. Art has an armed woman in a bikini, or a picture of a spaceship, and I see neither of those things within these walls, my friend. A who or a what now? Look, Reese, my new friend, I can see that this is difficult for you, so I will break it down. I came here tonight to see a giant pterodactyl who flies at hypersonic speed, and there is no such pterodactyl here. This exhibit, and indeed this museum, is there for crap! Alright, sir, I think it's time you- He's absolutely right! Oh, hey, aren't you- Filthy handsome, ruggedly rich, the incomparably happy and successful Nolan Vaughn Etzin? Yes, yes, and yes indeed, adoring public. I was here with three of my 16 girlfriends to celebrate the making of my 19th fortune. And what should I hear but the first cogent discussion of anything that did not emerge from my own lips? Why give up? What should you? Rhetorical, young roustabout. But that aside, I realize that you were entirely correct. There is no art of any kind here. It is not the place of old dead white men to dictate our standards of beauty. No! It is the place of young living white men to dictate such standards. And such an one man is me, Nolan Von Etzin. Mr. Von Etzin, I- Indeed, I am Nolan Von Etzin, the first prototype of the apex of human achievement. Nothing within these walls or without them or with under them can compare with me as the aesthetic ideal. I therefore declare this exhibit closed and shall smash this large, thinky man statue with a hammer. Such is the will of Nolan Vaughn Etzin. Several minutes later, Having been escorted from the building by security, Nathan prepares to call his dad to pick him up. Though I get the sense, if previous encounters have taught me anything, that he will soon disclose his- Lesson of the day, my invisible amigo! Why, yes I will! And what have you learned, Nathan? I have learned that you should always complain to people about their job and where they work. Clearly, that is how you get things to change for the better. I can almost see how that would make sense to you. You don't have eyes! Indeed not, Nathan. And without eyes, how can beauty truly be seen? Or, for that matter, how can beauty be truly seen when it has been smashed with a hammer? Perhaps you will destroy something beautiful in the interval between now and the next. Lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, 
The narrator was Jack Kungrat, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, Reese was Bailiff Quimby, and Nolan Von Etzen was Ed Jones. It's uh, Slam Jackson Adventure Race. Oi, it's me, Slam Jackson. I uh, wonder what's going to happen today. Griffiths had better be a detective and whatnot, right? Walking down the street and detecting. Aha, what, 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 what have we got here, eh? And then Slam Jackson, the detective, was walking down the street being a detective. He's the greatest one around when he ran into his arch nemesis. Oh no, my arch nemesis. Who is it? It's me, Slam Jackson. Uh, Jack the Stripper. That's right. It was Jack the Stripper. A, a guy called Jack who was going to strip for him. Watch out, Slam Jackson. Bump-a-dum, bump-a-dum, bump-a-dum. Unbutton, 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 unbutton. Oh no, he's so ugly. Oh, what will I do to escape my fate? What will he do to escape his fate? Pump it up, pump it up, undressing, undressing, undressing. Wait, stripper. Yeah, what is it, Slam Jackson? Stop it. Look, I'm asking you reasonably not to do this and I'm not going to pay you for it. Why on earth would you be a free stripper? Yeah, that's a good point. Goodbye. I wonder who will pay for my stripping. Who will pay for his stripping? What's Jack the Stripper's last name? What will happen to Slam Jackson next? Tune in again to Slam Jackson. It's the only way you find out. That episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist... Uh, does not seem to have a credit uh, accompanying it, so we cannot say whose voices are in it at all. Huh, okay, that's a little weird. Yes. No, is it? Is it really a little weird? Uh, well, yeah, because we usually get that. Yes, I am proposing that that's not a little weird, because I believe that an episode of Slam Jackson that we played today was fake. One of them was a completely obvious fake. I assume you mean the one with all the puking. No, Jordan, I mean the one with the stripper where all the voices were done by the same person. And Slam Jackson didn't sound like Slam Jackson, and the narrator did not sound like the narrator. I'm assuming Jack the Stripper sounded like himself, but it's hard to tell, because I don't believe he's ever appeared before. Whoa, 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 okay, so you think that second one was the fake? I was thinking the first one because it had all that gross puking in it, and I, I don't think they would do that. Well, I'd, they did do that, so we heard it, and... We had credits for that one, so I would assume that it was the right one. It, it also sounded like the real Sam Jackson. The second one, the, the music just cuts in and cuts out. It was really poorly edited. It, there's, um, there's no way that this one is true. Okay, okay. Uh, you might be right about that. Thank you. Yes, I am right about that, actually. Okay, so let me check which email that, that one came with. Come on, it's obvious. We're, that was the one that came from the fake Cheryl, clearly. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I checked the emails and you're How right. How can you not remember that? I just, I wanted to, I don't, I wanted to make sure. Okay, so the Jack the Stripper episode came from the, the, the well, from Cheryl, 
but what Rory is calling the fake Cheryl. So it sounds as though this is not really Cheryl, which means, let me think about this. Uh, Cheryl has been missing for a few weeks. Pete has not seen Charles for a few weeks. I have a new theory. Uh, why are you... I, whatever it's about to be, it's wrong because... No, no, no. Hear me out. Cheryl and Charles have slipped away together for a secret tryst. They are secret lovers. That is what I'm proposing. Where on earth would you get that ridiculous idea? Because look, okay, Cheryl's been missing, right? We, we heard she was kidnapped, but, it, but now you're saying she wasn't kidnapped. So maybe that's not where she is. And Pete hasn't seen Charles in weeks. So if the two of them are both missing, what are the odds of that? They're probably together, you know, making out. No, no. I, Charles is, I mean, Pete hasn't seen Charles, but Charles is probably in the hospital. He fell down the stairs. He broke a lot of bones. If he was in... If he was in the hospital, why haven't we heard from he him? He broke... A, again, he broke a lot of bones. He was not able to write to you, I'm sure. Okay, then why haven't we heard from Cheryl? Who knows? Look, perhaps she's out and about. I have no idea, but I'm saying it, it seems unlikely to me that Cheryl and Charles have slipped away on some sort of love cruise or, or love fest. You know, Cheryl, I believe, has a boyfriend, last time I checked. That's why it's secret. No... Also, if it was secret, why would they, everybody know that they were missing? Well, I mean, how can you how can you go onto a secret thing unless you, I mean, obviously people are going to know you're gone when you're on a secret thing. They they just they think you're somewhere else. Like, for example, kidnapped. She probably got them to write in saying she was kidnapped so she could slip off and be with Charles. Did you ever think of that? That's preposterous. It's a little preposterous. But oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. How else do you explain the fact that they sent us real radio serials before? I admit this one they sent seems pretty bogus. But last week they sent us real ones. So maybe Cheryl and Charles, together in their secret nookie lair, wherever that happens to be, sent the serials to the Birmingham Bruisers, who are sister city people with the Binghamton Bruisers or something that Charles used to know. Said, tell everyone Cheryl's been kidnapped. Send them these episodes to prove that you're the real Cheryl. And that way, we can, you know, be off in a cave somewhere making out. I don't know why a cave, but a hotel is probably more likely a hotel. And no one will suspect a thing. It's possible Charles even staged the the the, the hospital stay. You know, he pretended to fall down the stairs. No, no, no. Again, because Jordan called in, Jordan Randall Spooner, saying that Charles's face came off. And he can't fake that. They fake it in movies all the time. Yes, but this isn't a movie. I didn't think Charles was going to put on a fake mask of his own face, pretend to fall down the stairs, rip off the... Well, actually, I suppose that would work. It's a, it's a lot of work to do just to make out with someone, though. Well, it is. It is. But if you want to keep something secret, you gotta, you know, you build up this big web of lies. That's how lies work. I, you know, I'm just... All I'm saying is it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely. I am not so, so convinced. Charles, Cheryl, if you're hearing this... You're going to have to write in and convince me that what I just said is not true, because I'm pretty convinced. Uh, that's not how proof works. You're not supposed to make the person prove that something's not true. The proof, the burden of proof is on the person saying it is true. I, but, okay, in many scientific, but this is not a matter of science. This is matters of the heart and not like heart surgery, heart, like love. And so that doesn't, that's not covered by science. All right, I, su I suppose, if you say so. I do say so. So, all right, um, we have some more letters here uh, that we do want to get to. What have we got? Uh, oh, actually, we do have one that's related to the Cheryl situation, and I, I don't know how relevant it's going to be, given what I've now learned about our, our friends' true habits. But anyway, Rory, if you could read uh, the letter we got from your countryman. Yes, of course. Uh, dear Jordan, thank you so much for contacting me. I am sorry it took so long to get back to you. 
we have a number of minions who sift through our fan mail, and as we are gigantic rock stars, we rarely actually bother responding to any of it. However, I am really excited that you are writing to us regarding our side project of crime fighting. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to find someone who's not just like, blah blah blah, I love you guys, you're awesome, but actually taking advantage of our talents and superpowers to do some good in the world. I really look forward to working with you. First of all, at the very least, I would like to contribute to the cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping. Since we make several buttloads of millions, it seems only right to help you find your friend, and that is the easiest thing we can do. I've sent a check for, and then he says how much. It's it's a very large amount of money. Um, It's not the full amount, but it's a very large amount. Uh, Made out to cash allocation for Cheryl's helper, as requested. Thank you, Rory, for organizing this great collection. Second, we can most certainly help you find Cheryl. We're meeting tonight to plan our course of action. I will try to keep you updated, but don't be alarmed if I do not write regularly. If it's as bad as I think it is, we may have to maintain radio silence while we perform a very delicate rescue mission. In the meantime, please continue forwarding any news you have of this and other crimes. Third, I want to help you with your Girl Scout situation. Though you are safe in your home right now, I fear you are in more danger than you realize, despite your friend's numerous warnings. Perhaps even more than your friend Cheryl. We are, of course, in the UK, but with your permission, I will contact Bono, who I believe is currently in New York, and is more than capable of handling this situation for you. I look forward to hearing from you. Good luck, Godspeed, and be seeing you. Sincerely, Sting. And that would be Sting of the police, I assume. The rock band, the police. Yes, 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 the rock band, the police. That's great. Uh, Thank you, Sting, for writing back to us. Oh, my goodness, that is a huge weight off my shoulders. Uh, Regarding the Cheryl's kidnapping situation, we will forward you the new letter we got with the fake serial um, so you can study it for clues. I don't know. I don't know how you guys work. I also will s- let you know my my personal theory that, as I said, Charles and Cheryl are somewhere uh, 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 sp- sp- like swapping spit. I I don't know if it's true. I I'm gonna assume it's true. But even so, we're still being defrauded by somebody. So definitely stop these these jerks who are doing this thing. Probably the Birmingham Bruisers, but we'll find out soon. Uh, regarding the cash allocation for Cheryl's uh, kidnapping, that's awesome that you sent some money. Rory, how much did he send? I, you know, I'm just not comfortable saying on the podcast how much it is. Okay, but you will tell me after the podcast. Um, well, I'd, I'd prefer not to, actually, because, again, it's it's a private situation. And I, as the executor of cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping, feel that I shouldn't disclose the donations. It's private information, you know, so... Right, but I it was my idea to just run it in the first place, so I think you can tell me. No, I'm just saying, he sent a lot of money. Let me put it that way. He sent a lot of money, and... I will deposit it, get the, you know, cash for it, and then I will put it in the sack where I'm keeping the $100 we already have, and that's that's all there is to it. I don't, I don't think I should tell you how much it is. Then how do I know you're not, like, keeping half of it for yourself? That's new. How could you even suggest such a thing? I would never, I would never do that. I, I take my, my responsibilities as the cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping helper very seriously. So I would never do something like that. And I, I'm offended. I'm actually quite offended that you would even say that in the first place. Well, I didn't mean to offend you, but I'm just, I'm just saying I would be more comfortable if I knew how much it was. Well, then you should have made yourself the helper for this situation instead of me. <sighs> okay. Regarding the Bono thing, that's awesome. Bono, if you can help me out with the Girl Scouts, that is terrific. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bono, please get in touch with us. Castandwax at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I, I don't know what to do because, yeah, actually, we did get another letter from Rochester Adams. He writes to us every freaking week now. Dear Jordan, I'm starting to get really worried about Sally. Like, why hasn't she come home? I think you had a good point about she should probably have been able to find you by now. All I have so far is a note that says white under constant surveillance, counterintelligence in Chechnya priority, 
Tagalongs Worldwide Activated Full Power, Police Presence Danger, Assassination Order Adams. I found it in her room, and I don't really know what it means. Do you think you can help? Rochester Adams. Mr. Adams, White, un- let's let's parse this, shall we? I mean, how does this... Rory, let's you and I, let's parse this. Okay, yes. Our help is rare. Uh, oh, okay. Let's parse this. White under constant surveillance. Now, White, I'm going to assume is me, correct? Well, it could be me. I'm escapee White. Right, but I'm going to assume it's me, because that's what we're talking about. This girl was out looking for me. I think he's got you there, Scape. I, I, didn't, I don't see why he, she would be... Putting you under surveillance. Because I'm a cat and I'm super cute. How about that? Did you feel... If, if somebody was to look at you, okay, Dad, and then look at me, and then somebody else said, all right, one of them is going to be watched all the time. Which one would you like to watch? I think they would be like, I'll watch the cute cat, okay? <laughs> He's more likely to do something adorable. They're not looking for adorable. They're looking for me. <sighs> Don't worry. It's me. It's me. It's not you. Okay, whatever. It's me. Next one. Counterintelligence in Chechnya priority. Hmm... So, does that mean that it was more important, more important than me being under constant surveillance, was counterintelligence in Chechnya? That's what it sounds like to me, Rory. Ah, uh, well, yes, I have to admit, that does, that does seem to be what it is suggesting, that while you are under constant surveillance, it's more important to do counterintelligence, yes. Not more important than watching me. Uh, well, okay, then that means that it clearly wasn't you, because then they wouldn't have said that. Oh, well, that's a good point. Um, Tagalongs Worldwide activated full power, that's about the cookies. We'll talk about that later. Police present, presence, danger. Is that because I... I don't know. And then assassination order Adams. Now, I, I don't know exactly what they mean, assassination order Adams. Uh, let's look up uh, Google again. I searched for Chechnya assassination. Let's see. Anything in the news? Okay, I'm not. nothing is jumping out at me. So I'm not seeing that there was a... Well, actually, five days ago, an assassination was prevented in Chechnya. It says, um, uh, an Argan Imam, uh, September 13th, National Anti-Terrorist Committee has reported the prevention of an assassination attempt against the Imam of the Argun Mosque in Chechnya. Uh, prevented by the Federal Security Service. Does it say who did it? Doesn't say that I can see. They, they discovered a suspicious object under a car. Belonging to the imam, demolition experts, and dog handlers. Da, 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 da. It was an improvised explosive device. Okay, so I don't know. And they destroyed it with a water cannon. I don't know if this was by Sally Adams. There was a, a recent assassination attempt in Chechnya. So if so, that could be what that's talking about. I, the other option is talking about me. I haven't been killed. So I'm assuming it's not me. Fingers crossed. The third option that I've, I, I've come up with off the top of my head, assassination order Adams, could mean that an assassination order was given upon a person whose last name is Adams. Now, that could be you, Rochester Adams, but you're also still alive. So maybe you should be careful. It could be Sally. Maybe the, the Girl Scouts turned against her and assassinated her. Look, I don't know. I'm just parsing out the thing that you wrote to me. And again, why don't you bring that to the police instead of coming on my podcast? Not Sting, although Sting is very helpful. But I doubt Sally is in England right now. She sounds like, if anywhere, she's in Chechnya. Maybe Bono can help. I don't know. The point is, Rochester, I don't know why you're coming to me with this. It's not my business. It has nothing to do with me. Please. Just, I, I, I can't. I can't help you. I, I'm assuming this sounds to me like she's she's watching me all the time, which is a little weird, but that she doesn't need to be dealing with me right now. But she should watch me. I'm super cute. That's true. Sally, if you're listening to this, and again, I don't know if you are, you should really watch Scape more than you watch me. He, he does cuter things. Like he, um, he, he uh, you know, he sleeps in funny positions. Sometimes he, he plays with catnip. He fights with his sister. It's, it's annoying. 
He pukes, which is gross. There's going to be some gross puke parts. Yeah, but dad, I have to. You don't. You don't have to. Other than that, he does do some some cute things, though. Whereas I, on the other hand, I'm not that cute. Most of my day, I'm on the computer, like, sending emails and stuff. And I'm sure, like, if it's constant surveillance, you don't want to see me in the shower and things like that. That's gross for you. You're a little girl. The point is, watch him. He's naked all the time, but he's a cat, so it's all, it's legal. It's not legal for you to look at pictures of me naked, actually, now that you mention it. And it's not my fault, because I didn't send them to you. So, you're breaking the the law. Also, I think there's laws about privacy. Look, the point is, can just watch Scape if you're going to watch somebody. Yeah, you should watch me. I'm pretty cute. <sighs> anyway, okay. Um, we do have one more email. It is uh, an email from someone uh, I, I am not aware of. Um, let me read it to you guys. Uh, Grant Award from the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust. Dear Mr. White, congratulations. You have been awarded a grant of $15,000 from the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust for your work in extra historical research and publication. We at the Trust believe that the study and dissemination of extra historical findings are the backbone of all intelligent decision making, and we are committed to the preservation of this vital field. Please bear in mind that this is a restricted grant, and the funds may only be spent on items which have been pre-approved by the Trust's administrators. In this particular case, founding chair of the Board of Trustees, Dr. June T. Loveburger herself. Dr. Loveburger has pre-approved the following expenditures, all costs associated with programs entitled This Day in History and Where Are They Now in History, as well as introductions and bonus materials offered by resident expert Rory Sinjin. These costs may include Mr. Sinjin's travel expenses, food, lodging, and consulting fees. An additional term of this grant agreement is that the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust be gratefully acknowledged in all waxwork programming, particularly the podcast titled Cass and Wax. Any violation of the terms of this grant agreement is liable to result in legal action. Uh, once again, con- congratulations on being selected for this very competitive award. If you have any questions about this arrangement, please do not hesitate to contact me at, uh, and then it has her phone number. Uh, sincerely, Lindsay Liu, Grants Director, June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust. So here's the thing. That sounds like good news, right? We got a grant. The thing is, I don't remember putting in for this grant ever. Isn't that weird, Rory? Well, uh, you know, there are probably grants out there who just award grants to deserving parties without them applying. Really? Yes, really. Do you think there are grants out there that just give money to people who have no idea that they're going to come into money? Is that what you think happened here? Well, I... No, no, that's not what happened here. Oh, That's funny. So what would you say did happen here? Well, Jordan, I applied for this grant. But listen, it's a good grant. $15,000, that's a lot of money. Wow. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I remember a time when you would have thought that was uh, like a real pittance. Yes, but it is. Yes. And in many ways it is a pittance. But it is a pittance that is more than anything I have right now to work on extra history other than, you know, my normal fees. But most of those get taken by the bankruptcy lawyers. So... Listen, $15,000. You see what it says? It says it can include travel expenses, George. Well, you, you don't need to travel to do extra history. I don't know. Why would you? Like, you? You do it all. It's all in your head. You make it up. Right, right, right. I understand that. But what I'm saying is I could fly to America. Well, I, okay, why? Because, Jordan, I could fly to America to be on your podcast as part of this grant. Really? You think that they would cover you just flying here to talk about it? Yes, it says introductions and bonus materials. So I could fly... I could, you could use this money to pay to fly me here, put me up, lodging, and food while I'm eating there. So I think I could get a real nice place. Now, I don't know how long $15,000 would put me up in a place. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not just going to ship you out here and have you stay here for weeks at a time. That would be a ridiculous waste of money. If anything, I could just fly you in and out for the day that we're recording. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose I suppose you could do that, you know, but I, should, I think I should stay a little longer than that. Why? I don't see why. No, I mean, 
the most efficient use of this money would be a flight in, a flight out. Flight in, record, flight out. We're, I mean, we're very close to LaGuardia here, or NJFK. So you could fly into either one, come over my house, you know, you could, this can pay for the cab as well. Record, cab back, fly again. Well, right, but that's a lot of time on, on flights. I mean, at least I, I'd be flying first class, of course. No, Rory, no. You'd be flying coach because it would be cheaper because we want the 15... If we're going to do this, $15,000 is a lot of money, okay? No questions. But if we're going to fly you into America every week, that's a lot of money. So I don't want to waste it on hotels. I want you to just fly in, record, fly back. Uh, well, I suppose I could do that, but... That's definitely what you could do. Well, could I say an extra few hours, perhaps? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't cost a hotel room. What, what difference does it make to me what time you get home? Well, all right. Well, okay, that's a very... Listen, all I'm saying is... Yes, I applied for this grant. Without my permission. Yeah, well, because... What is the difference? You got it, so... But I can only do it with extra history, which is lame. Extra history is bogus and crappy. Perhaps to you, but not to Doonty Loveburger. <laughs> Perhaps, you're right. And, and I have to... I have to... What is it? Gratefully acknowledge them every episode. Well, no, the, the, the program has to gratefully acknowledge them. I can be the one to gratefully acknowledge them. That's not a problem. And I will be happy to gratefully acknowledge them. Good. Good. Because it'll be your responsibility. And if it doesn't happen, it'll be your... But, because it, it says legal action, and I don't know what legal action that would be, but I'm saying I'm putting you on the line for it. I do know that you can legally do that. <sighs> well, you might be right, but I'm making it your responsibility. I mean, I didn't ask for this grant. We, we were doing fine with no money, and I don't get to take any of this money, so it's like, there's no reason, I, I don't really, you know what I'm saying? I was fine with where they now in history, what it was. So I don't understand why we need this money. Because again, this money's going to get me to be on the show with you in person instead of this dull-sounding sky. <sighs> well, that's true. I mean, and that's and that's a good thing. So that is nice. I mean, are you going to be able to do this? Like, are you going to fly in every week? Is that is that convenient for you? Well, it's not as convenient as staying there would be, but, you know, I'll make the sacrifice. All right. Well, then, if then it's, it's your call. If you want to fly in, you can fly in in the morning and fly out at night, and uh, we'll record in the middle. That'll be wonderful, actually, yes. So when do we get this money? I mean, I, are, we, are we going to have it by next week? No, I, I doubt we will have it that quickly. Um, these things do take some time, so more than likely I'll have to continue to Skype in for the next uh, few weeks, possibly. But at some point, we will get this money, and, and it'll be very good. All right, all right. Well, that's that's great. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. What do we got to listen to? Um, we already played the Like Mother song, and I started with the Waxwork theme, You. Uh, let's see. Have we got anything too clever or fun to, to end the show with? Oh, yeah. Here's another quickie You cover I did. Um, it's of a song. Basically, I did this because I was like... How ludicrous will it be if I cover this song on my ukulele? Uh, in addition, it's not the best I've ever played. There's some weird chords in there that are, are difficult, especially difficult to play very quickly, which the song does sometimes go. Um, but it's still fun overall. It's me playing a quick ukulele cover of the Daft Punk song one more time. Hopefully you'll dig it. Until next week, though, uh, I hope everybody had a great time, and we will be seeing you. One more time! Huh?